nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard around the world. Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry, and John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boys, David Crockett. I am Lee. Coming to you from the D-Tom Studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon. This is Don't Tread on America. It's Sunday. Let's rock it out. Come on. everybody doing out there today it is sunday october 8th 2023 <sighs> yeah so what are we gonna talk about today okay guys i have got a little bit of a different show based on what's happening right now in israel okay i'm gonna forewarn you what i'm gonna talk about here is not going to be a popular opinion, okay? And and I'm going to tell you the reason it's not going to be a popular opinion is because of our ignorance of the facts. And I'll explain what I'm talking about here in just a moment. Let's get to some business real quick. Don't forget, guys, D-Top Store, open for business. Christmas is right around the corner. I know it's only October, but trust me, it's coming. The good thing is that at the D-Top Store... You find something, you buy it, it's free shipping, okay? And I'm here to tell you right now, the stuff comes relatively quick. And, and what I mean by that is, as long as I... <laughs> Let me put it this way. Next week, I'm on vacation, okay? I have to authorize... <laughs> so you buy something. You buy a shirt, sweatshirt, whatever you buy. And uh, i give you a little inside baseball on how it works, okay? There's two different situations. I have a web host... That, that runs the store, and I have a printer that makes the product, okay? So when you buy something, it goes through the shop. It goes through the web browser that runs the shop, okay? Then let's say you buy something, and it's uh, 20 bucks, 30 bucks, whatever it is. And uh, I immediately get the 30 bucks straight up. All Every dollar you spent comes straight to me. But then I have to turn around and pay the printer the maker of said product to make it. I have to authorize 
them to make it. I have to say, okay, Bob Johnson wants a T-shirt, and uh, I have to pay for it. That's essentially how it works. Um, but if I'm not home, I can't do it. <laughs> I haven't quite mastered on how. I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll probably can figure it out on the iPad. Um, but it's easier to do it on my computer, and I'm not taking my computer with me. I'll take my iPad, but that's it. Anywho, point being is this. If you were to buy something today or tomorrow, um, I can get it in production that day. And usually it ships within a few days. So they're pretty good about that. Now, the only problem would be if for some reason they're out of stock on something. Um, I, I think pretty much everything I have in the shop is in stock, so it's not. A, there's no delays on that end. For example, Chris, uh, you guys remember Chris, uh, he bought something last week, last Sunday, Monday, Sunday, Monday, whatever it was, and it shipped on Thursday, I believe it was. So it was roughly a week. It took about a week. Maybe he bought it on Thursday or Friday, and then, it, yeah, so it was about a week. So it's not, not that bad, considering. So... And like I said, the quality of the stuff, from what I can tell, the stuff I've bought and Chris and, and whatnot, is, is not bad. Um, I know it seems expensive. T-shirts run in the $20 to $30 range. Um, but like I said, it's free shipping. So it's no more than you buying a, a T-shirt anywhere else for the most part. Um, and really all you're doing is helping the show out. Like I said, uh, yeah, the money technically comes to me. It doesn't really because what I do is I use that to just pay for the, the websites. I don't actually see the money. And then I take money out of my account to pay for the printing and stuff. So it's, you know, it's, it's not a it's not a thing. It's not like I'm profiting, you know, hundreds of dollars off of this, guys. You're really just helping me pay for the show. It's really all you're doing. Anywho. So check it out, Tom Store. And if you guys are on social media, you can follow us at Don't Tread on America on Facebook, Instagram, and the Ticker Talker. Put a couple of new drink recipes up there on the Ticker Talker, so check it out. And if you uh, are so inclined, you can follow us on Twitter, too. We are DTOM underscore 1775. And if you want to follow me personally, it's PCGC underscore 1775. And if you're not on social media, that's fine. You can check us out at DontTreadOnAmerica.com. From any of those situations, you can, situations, I should say, you can message me directly. If you have anything to say, you have any questions, any concerns, any ideas, so on and so forth, you can send them my way, and we will go from there. All right. So, like I said, I'm going to talk about the stuff going on in Israel, okay? Now, I'm going to lead you down a path of a different idea, and it's not going to be anti-Israel, anti-Jew, anti-anything. And I'm going to explain to you why. Because this show, this show is called Don't Tread on America, right? Now, when I talk about the things I talk about that have to do with this country, I'm not talking about necessarily the, the United States citizen. When I say stuff about other countries, you know, whether it be Canada or uh, UK or wherever, I'm not talking about the people of those countries. I'm talking about the governments of those countries and the quote-unquote leaders of those countries. Okay? So I just want to forewarn you. The things that I'm going to tell you about what's going on in Israel with the Palestinians and all that stuff, the Palestinians, I should say, and the, and the Israel government 
is is not going to be a popular opinion. But like I said, it's not a popular opinion based on our, and I'm not saying yours, but ours, because th- I learned some stuff myself today. Um, misunderstanding of what Israel is and how it became. Okay. And uh, I don't, I don't want to divulge too much into that. I wrote a statement here, and I'm going to read that, and then we're going to get into the crux of the situation. So, with what is going on in Israel with Hamas and the Palestinians, do we, as Americans, really understand why there is conflict? What is really going on? Have you ever heard of the Balfour Declaration? This is a subject that most Americans do not know about. It is not something that are taught that is taught in our schools. And to be honest with you, you know, I'm 50 years old. Okay, I'm not I'm not 100 and I'm not 20. So I'm right in that meaty curve of 50, right? <laughs> most of us and you guys can attest to this. I don't obviously know all of y'all's ages, but I'm going to assume we're around the same age range. I'm guessing that the the average person that listens to the show, whether you're male or female, and whatever country you're from, you're in the late 20s to early 60 range. I know that's a wide gap, but you can understand what I'm about to say. So most of us, especially in American, in America, um, that were born post World War II, don't even realize that prior to World War II, there was no such country called Israel. Believe it or not. Israel is a relatively young country, considering what it is and what it means to so many countries and and different factions and how much we hear and talk about Israel. You would think it was the UK, for example, that's been around for thousands of years, right? I mean, America essentially is is is. is um, powerful i guess and is influential 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 as america is is a relatively young country compared to other countries you know what i'm saying we're 247 whatever it is years old so in in the grand scheme of things we're relatively young but even in that situation most people don't time is unrealistic to most people and you think oh america's been around forever and well yeah, to me, it has been because as long as I've been around, America's been around, right? Israel has only been around 80 years. And uh, so I guess the biggest question is, is so how and why did Israel become become a country? What, what was the point? It's not like it just sprung up. I mean, it did. I shouldn't say it's not like it did. It kind of did. Um, you know, if you went to Sunday school or even studied world history... We've been taught the history of, of the area or, you know, more like the cities, especially like Jerusalem and Bethlehem and those areas of Israel are, um, you know, are in what we think of Israel is a, an old country. We think of it as an old because you talk about Jesus and Jerusalem and Bethlehem and, you know, all these different areas of that land. And we think of it all oh, this this country's been around since jesus was born right i mean think about what i'm saying all of us think that unless you know unless you know about the balfour declaration and you know what i'm about to say most people most your average 
I'm going to say American, but your average person throughout the world, other than certain people that live in those areas, don't think nothing about Israel being Israel. Okay? And, uh, you know, what? when realistically, it's not even, it's not even 80 years old. So, what is the Balfour Declaration? So, this is how we're going to play this game today. We're gonna. I'm gonna tell you the official reason or the the official document of the Balfour Declaration and what it is and when it was. So the Balfour do, uh, Declaration uh, was in November second of 1917. Okay, so this is right around World War One. Um, this was uh, so statement of British support for the establishment in Palestine of a national home for the Jewish people. It was made in a letter from Arthur James Balfour, the British Foreign Secretary, to Lionel Walter Rothschild. Here we go, right? The second Baron Rothschild, a leader of the Anglo-Jewish community. Through the precise meanings, I'm sorry, though the precise meanings of the correspondence has been disrupted, its statements were generally con uh, contradictory to both the sky Picot Agreement which was a secret convention between Britain and France, and the Hussan-McMahon correspondence in exchange of letters between the British High Commissioner in Egypt. Sir Henry McMahon and Hussan-Nenbal Ali, um, then Emir of Mecca, which in turn contradicted one another. The Balfour Declaration issued through continual efforts of Kam uh, Wiseman and Nahum Sokolo, Zionist leaders in London fell short of the expectation of the Zionists who had asked for the uh, reconstitution of Palestine as the Jewish national home. The declaration specifically stipulated that nothing shall be done which may prejudice the civil and religious rights of non-existing, I'm sorry, ex blah, blah. you know, it'd be crazy if I could actually fucking read, right? the civil and religious rights of existing non-Jewish communities in Palestine. The document, however, said nothing of the political or national rights of these communities and did not refer to them by name. Nonetheless, the declaration aroused enthusiastic hopes among Zionists and seemed fulfillment of the aims of the World Zionist uh, Organization. The British government hoped that the dec declaration would rally Jewish opinion, especially in the United States, to the side of Allied powers against the Central Powers in uh, World War One. They hoped um, also that the settlement in Palestine of a pro-British Jewish population might help to protect the approaches to the Suez Canal in neighboring Egypt and thus ensure a vital communication route to uh, British colonial possession in India. So... Um, the Balfour doc, uh, Declaration was endorsed by the principal Allied powers and was included in the British mandate over Palestine, formally approved by the newly created League of Nations on July 24th, 1922. In May of 1939, the British government altered its policy in a white paper recommendation, uh, a limit of 75,000 further immigrants and an end to immigration by 1944 unless the resident Palestinian Arabs of the region consented to further immigration. Zionists condemned the new policy, accusing Britain of favoring the Arabs. 
The point was made moot by the outbreak of World War II. The founding of the State of Israel was in 1948. So, what does it all mean, Basil? Right? So, World War I, the Allied powers was a lot of Europe, you know, England, France, um, America, whatever. Um, central powers were Germany. Like, when, we, when you think of World War I, most people think Germany. Most people don't know anything about World War I, to be honest with you, but it's Germany. And, but it was also the Ottoman Empire, which was Turkey, which was this particular area. Okay, so if you, if you have a map and you care to look, look up Ottoman Empire. It'll show you where that is encompassed. Now, a lot of that land is in this area, what we're talking about right now. So, obviously, after World War I, when the central powers were decimated, essentially, they were able to break up the land through tre treaties and declarations and so on and so forth. Um, now, it's, a, it's, a most, <laughs> it's mostly a popular opinion that when you talk to people about this and you, and you break it down like, like what I just said, and even, even some people that know that Israel is only a 75-year-old uh, country, most people will tell you, well, the reason that is, is because after World War II, you know, with everything that happened in Germany with the Jews and, and uh, you know, it was a safe place for them to go. That's not necessarily true because this was in the works prior to World War II, which makes me wonder if what we know about World War II and its history and what Hitler did is the truth. Okay, I'm not saying that he didn't do the things that we were talked about, and I'm not talking. I'm not saying that the gas chambers and the. I'm not saying none of that was true. Okay, so let me let me preface that by saying I'm not saying that Hitler was a good guy and he had the right idea. I'm not saying that. Okay, but what I'm saying is that I am curious as to what Hitler's reasoning was for. What was his? I mean, by all accounts, from everything I can ever find on Hitler, he was Jewish himself. Okay, so he was he and he didn't kill un. <laughs> And I had this discussion today with, with a friend. Uh, he didn't kill all the Jews, or he didn't even try to kill all the Jews. There was a And I did a show about this a while back, and it was a difference between bloodline Jews and altered bloodline Jews. Now, bloodline Jew is a person that, was, that you could trace your lineage back. Mother, father, mother, grandfather, mother, you know, so on and so forth. You trace your whole lineage back. The name, whatever the name is. All the way back, and every single person, man and woman, through your bloodline was Jewish. Because nowadays, you know, you have some uh, traditional Jewish families, but it's far and few between of what it was a hundred years ago. Okay, and um, by all accounts, Hitler was not killing all the Jews. It was the unpure Jewish people okay I'm not saying what like I said I'm not saying what he did was right I'm not saying that and I'm not going to tell you that what's going on in Israel with Hamas and all this is right and I'll explain why but I'm going to also explain why it's actually happening okay 
and then I'm going to paint a picture for you guys that's going to bring it back to why I believe it's similar to the things that has happened in this country through this country's history, okay? Like I said, this country's only 80 years, not even 80 years old, okay? So, and the website is gone. No, there it is. Nope, it's gone. There it is. Okay. <laughs> I was like, great. So, essentially, the biggest question that's on, that's on, that was on my mind, and I would assume that now that you know that Israel is only eight, uh, 75 or so years old, the country itself, the territory, obviously, has been there forever. And the people have been there forever. So how and why was Israel founded in 1948? And who was involved and, and what was their reasoning? Now, I've already given you a name. This was the what I read to you before was the official narrative of the Balfour Declaration. Not what I think the Balfour Declaration. This is what it is. And this is how it started. You had the dude Balfour talk to the Lord Rothschild. <laughs> that right there should get you to get your wheels turning on to what the fuck's actually going on here. Okay? So, if we wish to end the Israeli um, Palestinian conflict, we need to know who created Israel and why. And, I, and I'm going to repeat myself a little bit, so just bear with me, okay? In 1917, the British Foreign Secretary Arthur Balfour penned a letter to Zionist Second Lord uh, Walter Rothschild in which he expressed support for a Jewish homeland on Palestinian-controlled lands in the Middle East. This Balfour Declaration justified the brutal brutal seizure. Now, this is this is the truth here, guys. Now, like I said, just bear with me. It's gonna be it's gonna be a hard pill to swallow, but you gotta understand what really happened here. At the time, prior to 1917, this land was was occupied by Palestinians who were mostly Muslim. As a matter of fact, in this area. Jewish people comprise of less than, I think it's like 3% of the population. Just to give you an idea, okay? And like I said, I'm not Jew bashing. I'm not Palestinian bashing. I'm just telling you what actually happened and why, okay? So, um, brutal seizure of Palestinian lands for, uh, for the post-World War II establishment of Israel. Israel would serve not as some high-minded Jewish homeland, but as a linchpin in the Rothschilds and the eight families' uh, control over the world's oil supply. Think about where Israel is. Okay? And it's kind of, it's right there on the Mediterranean. It's like the doorstep, essentially, to the Middle East. Right next to it, you got Jordan and... Iran and Iraq and Kuwait and all these areas, right? Baron Edmund de Rothschild built the first oil pipeline from the Red Sea to the Mediterranean to bring BP Iranian oil to Israel. He founded Israeli General Bank and Paz Oil and is considered the father of modern Israel. The Rothschilds are the planet's wealthiest clan worth an estimated $100 trillion. They control Royal Dutch, which is Shell, 
BP, Anglo-American, BHP Billiton, Rio Tinto, and the Bank of America, and scores of other global corporations and banks. They are the largest shareholders. Now, listen to what I'm saying. Now, if you haven't listened to my Rothschild's uh, Illuminati show, okay, you need to, number one, but here we go. They are largest shareholders in the Bank of England, the Federal Reserve, and almost every private bank, private central bank in the world. Now, what does that what does that mean? Now, like I said, I'm not going to dive into the whole Rothschild uh, Illuminati situation, but mo- many people think of our Federal Reserve as being a government entity. It's not. It's a privately owned bank that we, the country, borrow money from. Thus, you hear about interest rates and all that stuff. That's what that all has to do with. The Federal Reserve, it's a, it's it's fake. I mean, it's not fake. It's real. But the name gives you the illusion of it being a government entity, Federal Reserve. It's not. Just like the Bank of England is not a bank of England. It's the Bank of England. You understand? So they needed a footprint in the Middle East to protect their new oil concessions, which they produced through four horsemen fronts like the Iranian Iranian consortium iraqi petroleum company and saudi armaco rothschilds bell and bp formed these cartels with the rockefeller half of the four horsemen exxon mobile and the chevron texaco this new uh, alliance required a special relationship between great britain great britain i should say and the u.s which still exists today rothschild and other wealthy european shareholders could now utilize the United States military as a Hasidonized mercenary force deployed to protect their oil interests and pay for and paid for by US taxpayers. Israel would serve the same purpose in closer proximity to the oil fields. The Israeli Mossad is less a national intelligence agency than it is a Rothschilds Rockefeller family security force. Now, I'm going to stop right there, and I'm going to break something down real quick. Think of all the recent conflicts in that area. Desert Storm, so on and so forth. All those things that happened in the Middle East, we talk about it. We, you know, And I remember when I was in high school, prior to Desert Storm, the it, a lot of talk was about oil we're, we're fighting we're doing this we're doing that and there could be other reasons you you know afghanistan you know there's the poppy field situation now there's talk about this land being just full of of these natural resources they need to make batteries for the car so it's still a, an area of riches on top of the oil and everything else and it makes sense as i'm reading this for you to understand it, it should make sense to you that of what I'm saying. Okay. The Rothschilds exert political control through the secretive business roundtable, which they created in the nineteen in 1909 to help. I'm sorry, with the help of Lord Alfred Milner and Cecil Rhodes, whose Rhodes Scholarship is granted by Cambridge University, out of which oil industry propagandist Cambridge Energy Research Associates operates. Rhodes also founded the De Beers and Standard Chartered Bank. De Beers, if you guys don't know, is I think about the largest diamond cultivator in the world. Okay. 
The Round Table takes its name from the legendary knight, King Arthur, whose tale, the Holy Grail, is synonymous with the Illuminati notion that the eight families possess Sangrail or Holy Blood, a justification for their lording over the people and the resources of the of the planet. Now, as I'm reading this, I'm going to write this down here. Eight families. Families. Because I need to know who those eight families are. I don't know if it's the 13 bloodlines of the Illuminati. It, obviously, it's not 13. It would be nine. So I'm curious. I, that's something I'll have to look into. But anyway, according to... Now, these people are supposed to be the pure. They're supposed to be the pure bloods that run the world. Okay, I'm going to assume that these eight families are families that you probably have never heard of. I'm, I'm guessing. I have no idea who these eight families are, but I'm telling you right now, I'd be willing to bet that most of those family names you've never heard of. According to former British intelligence officer John Coleman, who wrote The Committee of 300, which I also did a show on, guys. If you want to listen to, go back, look up Committee of 300. You'll understand. Roundtablers armed with immense wealth from gold, diamonds, and drug monopolies fanned out throughout the world to take control of the fiscal and monetary policies and political leadership in all countries where they operated. Rhodes and Oppenheimer deployed to South Africa to launch the Anglo-American conglomerate Kuhn and Loeb were off to recolonize America with Morgan and Rockefeller. Rudyard. Now, before I read on... If you've been listening to the show for a while, and if you've listened to my shows about the Bush family, about the Committee of 300, the different Illuminati, uh, bloodlines of the Illuminati shows that I've done, these names are going to sound familiar, okay? These are all people involved in the creating of Israel for a purpose. And it really, in all honesty, had nothing to do with the Jewish people, okay? Rudyard... uh, Kipling was sent to India. Schiff, which for those of you that know or maybe you don't know, go back to my Bush crime family shows, guys. And Warburg manhandled Russia. Rothschild, Lazard, and Israel Moses, Sif, pushed into the Middle East. At Princeton, the Roundtable founded the Institute for Advanced Studies as partner to its All Souls College at Oxford. IAS was funded by the Rockefellers General Education Board. IAS members Robert Oppenheimer, Niels Bohr, and Albert Einstein created the atomic bomb. So those names sound familiar now, right? Oppenheimer, right? Wasn't there a movie just came out? I didn't watch it, but yeah. In uh, 1919, Rothschild's Business Roundtable spawned the Royal Institute of International Affairs in London. The RIIA sponsored sister organizations around the globe, including the U.S. Council on Foreign Relations. The RIIA's registered charity of the Queen, and according to its annual reports, is funded largely by the Four Horsemen. Former British uh, Foreign Secretary and Kissinger Associates, co-founder Lord Carrington, is is president of both the RIIA and the Bilderberg Group. The inner circle of the RIIA is dominated by the Knights of St. John Jerusalem, Knights of Malta, the Knights Templar, and the 33rd degree Scottish Rite Freemasons, which are the highest level you can obtain. The Knights of John, uh, St. John were founded in 1070. That's 1070. 
and uh, answer directly to the British House of Windsor. Do we know the British House of Windsor is who? Charles, right? I mean, now it's Charles. Their leading bloodline is the Villiers dynasty, which the Hong, uh, Hong Kong Matheson family, owners of the HSBC Opium Laundry, married into. The Lighton family also married into the Villiers gang. So these are, I'm, I'm assuming these are probably names of, of some of the eight families. Colonel Edward Bulwer Linton led the English Rosicrucian, I know the word, I just can't say it, Rosicrucian Secret Society, which Shakespeare uh, opaquely referred to as the Rosicrucians, while the Freemasons were symbolized by Guildenstern. Lytton was the spiritual father of both the RIIA and the Nazi fascism. In 1871, he penned a novel titled Vril, The Power of the Coming Race. And interestingly enough, I'm actually doing a show. I'm getting a show together about the Vril Society that's going to release while I'm on vacation. So when I release that, it'll all make sense if you hopefully have listened to the show. <laughs> 70 years later, the Vril Society received ample mention in Adolf Hitler's Mein Kampf. Lytton's uh, son became Viceroy to India in 1876, just before opium production spiked in that country. His good friend Rudyard Kipling introduced the swastika to India and later worked under Lord Beaverbrook as propaganda minister alongside Sir Charles Hambro of the Hambro's banking dynasty. Children of the Round Table elite are members of the Dianizen cult, known as the Children of the Sun. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Initiates include Aldous Huxley, Huxley T.S. Eliot, D.H. Lawrence, and H.G. Wells. So, also, once again, did a show about some of these names. Huxley. Huxley wrote a book. Um, shit, I can't think of the name off the top of my head, but it was part of his writing had to do with the movie Demolition Man. Okay? Uh, HG, and, and these were gentlemen, especially Wells and Huxley, who were hired as uh, propagand propagandists. This was before there was TV and, you know, stuff like that. And these guys wrote books and they wrote, uh, like, 1984, um was written by George Orwell, but I can't think of the names off the top of my head. I had, you know, it's crazy when you do so many shows, you think you remember shit, but I have such a shitty memory. It's, it's insane. But, um, Wells headed the British intelligence during world war one, his book speak of the one world brain and the police of the mind. William Butler Yates, another son member was also pal of Aleister Crowley. The two formed an ISIS cult based in the uh, based on Madame Blavsky's manuscript, which called on the British uh, uh, aristocracy to organize itself into a Aryan priesthood. Blavsky's theor uh, theophysical society, the Bulwer Lytton's, I'm sorry, N Bulwer Lytton's Rosicrucians formed a force. Uh, to form the Thrill Society, out of which the Nazis emerged. Now, it'll be in the Vril Society show I do. Roth, where, Don, what's this have to do with Israel? We're getting there, guys. Just hang tight. <laughs> Rothschilds, Rockefeller, and the rest of the Illuminati bankers backed the Nazis. Max and Paul Wahlberg sat on the IG Farberg's, or Farben's board 
as did H.A. Metz, who was director of the Warburg Bank of Manhattan, later Chase Manhattan. Bank of Manhattan director and Federal Reserve board member C.E. Mitchell sat on the board of I.G. Fairbairn's U.S. branch. In 1936, Avery Rockefeller set up the combination with the German Schroeder family, who served as Hitler's personal bankers. Time magazine called the new Schroeder, Rockefeller, and company the economic booster of the Rome-Berlin axis. Morgan uh, Guarantee Trust and Union Banking Corporation also found, uh, funded the Nazis. UBC board member Prescott Bush, which is uh, George Bush's grandfather, uh, in 1933, at the home of banker Baron Kurt von Schroeder, Schroeder a deal was cut to bring Hitler to power. Attending the meeting were brothers John Foster and Alan Dulles Rockefeller, cousins and partners at a law firm, Sullivan and Cromwell, which represented the Schroeder Bank. Schroeder Managing Director T.C. Terex was a director of the Rothschild Controlled Bank of England. In the spring of 1934, Bank of England Chairman Montague Norman convened a meeting of London bankers who decided to covertly fund Hitler. Royal Dutch Shell Chairman Sir Henry Detting, Detterding <laughs> helped this effort. Even after the U.S. went to war with Germany, Exxon Chairman Walter Teague, Teagle remained on the board of IG Chemical and the U.S. IG Farben subsidiary. Exxon was integral in supplying the Nazis with tetrathol lead an important component of aviation fuel only exxon dupont gm made the stuff teagle was supplied with Jap- supplied the japanese with the product so isn't it interesting how we are taught and, I, and i'll i'll get back to what i'm saying here i just want to break something down for you real quick isn't it interesting that we are taught in history in this country and i'm sure in most other quote-unquote free countries that how World War II presented itself and what roles the Allied forces had in it. When in in realist in re- reality, it was it almost seems like it was all for show. You had American Illuminatists involved in funding the whole thing on both sides. So you, I, and I've asked this question. Before and I can't help but wonder why. It's almost like these people are too rich to even know what to do with their money. That they'd rather just see everybody fight. No matter what country you're in. No matter what color you are. You know, just think of the stuff we see in this country. The hatred that we have for one another. Whether it's white hating black. Or black hating white. Or black hating Asian. Or Asian hating white. Or, you know, whatever it is. Republicans hating Democrats. Whatever. This is all a game to these people. And when I tell you that we are all in this together, when I tell you that when I'm talking about different countries or different situations, it's not about the people of those countries, guys. I'm telling you. If you, I, I know I have listeners outside of, of the United States. Okay. Now, I'm going to assume that most of you guys that listen to this and you're from another country don't aren't american okay so and i know that you continue to listen to the show so i think you understand that i'm not bashing you 
I might be talking shit about your governor. And I'm not even talking about shit about your country. Okay, I'm talking shit about your government and these people. Okay, if you're, you know, uh, you know, Bob Johnson and you live in the UK. Okay, this has nothing to do with you or the UK per se. It's about who's running the UK. When I talk about stuff in this country, I don't sit there and say, all the black people in this country are blah, 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 or all the, you know, Spanish people are blah, blah, blah. I don't say that. Okay. And I'll, and I don't say, oh, America really sucks. I think America's great. And I think if you live in whatever country you live in, you think you should think your country is great because your country is your country. Our biggest problem that we have as a, as a society throughout the world isn't me or you or your brother or your friend or some stranger you don't know. It's these people. These people that control the governments, that control the media, that control all, all the media, whether it's uh, print, TV, social. And it's all a fucking game to these people. And it's all about... All of this has nothing to do with me or you. Okay. Exxon and IG Farben were such close business associates that by 1942, Thurman Ullman, Thurman Ullman, God damn, Don, Arnold, say the fucking name. Jesus Christ. It's like I'm getting tongue-tied. Head of the U.S. Justice Department's antitrust division produced documents that showed Standard and Farben in Germany had literally carved up the world markets with oil and chemical monopolies established all over the map. In 1912, magnet, uh, railroad magnate Edward Harriman's widow joined John D. Rockefeller in funding the eugenics research lab at Cold Springs, and Har- uh, Cold Springs Harbor in New York. The same year, the first International Congress of Eugenics was convened in London, with Winston Churchill's uh, Winston Churchill presiding. In 1932, the conference was held in New York, Hamburg, America shipping line owned by George Walker and Prescott Bush. Sound familiar? Um, brought the German contingent to the Gene Fest. One member of the German delegation was Dr. Ernest Rudden of the Kaiser Wilhelm Institute for Gene- Genealogy in Berlin. He was unanimously elected president for his work founding the German Society of Race Hygiene. And I talked about all this during the crime, the Bush crime family guy. So I'm, I'm trying to run through this as quickly as possible. As 1998, as of 1998, there were still scores of lawsuits pending against Ford, Chase Manhattan, J.P. Morgan, Deutsche Bank, Al, uh, Allianz AG, and several Swiss banks for their dealings with the Nazis. At the heart of Hitler's inner circle were the secret societies, the German, German Orden brothers of, their brothers of the of Yale Skull and Bones, and the Thrill Society of Rill. The concepts, the um, Great Masters adapts, and the Great White Brotherhood, which the Nazis used to justify their idea of Aryan superiority, were ancient ideas carried forth from the. Egyptian mystery school by the uh, Teutonic Knights, the Illuminati, and the Hebrew capitalist or Kabbalist, I should say. <laughs> they seem concepts, the, these same concepts can be found in today's New Age movement, 
whose New Age magazine was first published by the Grand Orient Masonic Lodge of Washington, D.C. Henry Kissinger was an early supporter. Nazis occultists believed ancient German tribes were the true keepers of the ancient mysteries which had their origin in Atlantis. When seven races of god-men were introduced to the earth, Thrull was a Teutonic Atlantis believed to be a Nazi, uh, believed by the Nazis to house these long-vanquished races who lost their godly Anunnaki powers by interbreeding with humans. At the inner core of the Thrull society were Satanists who practiced black magic. Hitler was once described a child of Luminism, according to Dr. Walter, Lang Walter Langer, who did a wartime psychoanalyst of Hitler for the CIA predecessors, OSS. Hitler was also a Rothschild. Langer uncovered an Australian police report providing Hitler's father was an, was an illegitimate son of a peasant cook named Maria Ann Schickengruber, who at the time of her conception was a servant in the Vienna home of Baron Rothschild. So, you kind of understand what's going on here. Hitler was a Jew, by all accounts. Father was Baron Rothschild, illegitimate son. His mom was Jewish. Rothschild is obviously Jewish. Pure bloodlines, okay? In May of 41, Ru Rudolf Huss um, parachuted into the estate of the Duke of Hamilton, saying the supernatural forces told him to negotiate with the British. Hitler was uh, uh, Austin ostensibly visited by the same, I'm probably saying that wrong, but anyway, same apparition and suddenly turned vehemently against occultism. He ordered a crackdown against Freemasons, Templars, and the, the Theosophical Society. Suddenly, the international banker crowd pulled the plug on Hitler's finances and began to denounce him. Six months later, hesitized U.S. military entered World War II. So, prior to the United States getting involved in World War II, we were involved with Hitler. Hitler essentially, and this is, this is a belief, okay? And, and, it's, and it's a hard belief to swallow, okay? And the reason I say that is because when you talk about these things, it makes it sound like Hitler was a good guy and he was doing the right things. But I'm not saying that that's the case. But in his mind, he felt betrayed by these people, which explains why he did what he did. Not saying he excuses what he did, but it explains it. When we were just told through history that, that Hitler was just a crazy man just killing Jews because he hated the Jews. No, he hated a certain type of Jew. Because he didn't kill or even try to kill all the Jews. Okay? Hitler's fate was no different um, than that of Saddam Hussein or Manuel Noriega. The Illuminati bankers' modus operandi is to use men of low integrity to do their dirty work before conveniently discarding and distancing themselves from them. And I would even go as far as to say, look at our American politicians. 
I think that's the same. And I'm not just saying Joe Biden. I'm talking about a lot of them, most of them. And in my opinion, take it for what it's worth, you know, Trump might be one of these people, but Trump might be anti one of these people. Thus, the reason they're f just constantly targeting him. It's like in my in my belief, and, and I don't want to turn this into a Trump's the best ever program, but Trump is the best. No, um, I've had this conversation time and time again with people about Trump. And, you know, me and Chris have had this conversation and he's like, what if he's just another bad person? He's just not their bad person. OK, that could be true. My, my point being is if, if, if this country, if this world is being run by a conglomerate of a few people. OK, and he's not one of those people. Tell me it would it would explain a lot about what's going on ever since Trump, not even since he ran for president the first time in 2016 when he was running it wasn't it, no one thought twice about it in all honesty i didn't think twice about it until he won the republican nominee and i was like oh shit and then when he won the republican nominee i think a lot of people were like oh shit then they started cranking up the opposition to trump and it's and here we are uh eight year almost you know eight years later and we're still dealing with that you, you understand to the point with and i and i don't want to get into this because this is a show for that i'm probably going to do on um tuesday but look at what hillary clinton said recently about maga supporters and maga people okay and what i talked about the other day about the fbi targeting trump supporters because they're violent and whatever it's like for eight years, this guy's gonna gone under a constant bombardment of hatred of, at all levels, to the point where now the people that that back him are being targeted. So it makes me wonder who Trump is. I mean, we we know we think we know who he is, but you know you understand what I'm saying? Like most people, most men wouldn't deal with this shit. They, like if he, how many presidents were one term and done? You know, and they didn't like feel that they were it was bullshit, and they wanted to run after the the dude that beat them last. And then the whole time that the other guys that beaches the president, they're still trashing you and talking shit about you, and in, investigating you and putting you in, they're trying to put you in prison, even after the fact. So it does make me wonder if he's one of the outside people. He's not one of the the uh, men of low integrity. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. The horrific Holocaust that ensued assured sympathy for the already planned state of Israel. Towards the end of World War II, the murderous... So, let me repeat that. The Holocaust that ensued... So, I'm not saying the Holocaust didn't happen. I'm not saying that. I'm saying there was a certain type of Jewish person, man, woman, child, whatever it was, that was targeted. Okay? For a reason, and it, and it, it's almost like we encouraged Hitler to do what he did. We didn't tell him to do it, and we didn't fund it because obviously, the the people, the the powers that be, stopped funding him, and that pissed him off. So then he started killing these uh, Sephardic, I think is the word, Jews, and um, <clears throat> but it what it did was it gave. It lend credence to why Israel needed to be formed, okay? 
So towards the end of World War II, the murderous Hegenen and Stern gangs were deployed by the Rothschild bankers to terrorize Palestines and steal their land. So this is where it kind of gets into the crux of why I think for the past 75 years, this area has been in such conflict. Okay? Jews who escaped Hitler's gas chambers were those of means who bought into Zionism for a fee of a thousand lots of, uh, of money at the time. These right-wingers bought passage to Israel and escaped the fate of the poor Jews, Serbs, communists, and gypsies. The whole bloody affair was a massive eugenics project. It had more to do with culling the herd along class lines than it did with ethnicity or religion. You get it? The key to this historic puzzle is to understand that the Rothschild, Rockefeller, Sangreal International Bankers supported both the rise of the Nazis and the creation of Israel. None of this has anything to do with religion. It has everything to do with oils, oil, arms, drugs, money, and power. The Rothschilds say they are Jewish. The Rockefellers claim to be Christian. These are irrelevant smokescreens. Any demagogue who blames injustice a religion or race of people is sadly misinformed. Throughout history, Illuminati Satanist, uh, Satanist, I should say, have sacrificed people of all races and religions to further their agenda of total planetary control. Israel is not a Jewish homeland. It is an old monopoly linchpin. Its citizens are being put in harm's way, used by the four horsemen and their eight family owners as geopolitical pawns in an international resource grab. No peaceful solution is possible until the stolen land is returned to its rightful Palestinian owners. Now, I hate to say that, but it's the truth. Let me paint a picture for you guys. I've got, I know we're getting close to an hour, guys. I've got a lot more to talk about, so just, it's going to be a long show. Here we go. When America was formed, okay, when the 13 colonies were the 13 colonies, we had the Revolutionary War, yada, 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 right? You had English, you had French, you had Spanish, you had whoever was trying to get a piece of this area, right? The problem is, prior to any of us coming here, whether you were Spanish or French or Dutch or English or whatever, French, right? There were already people living here, right? We call them what? We call them Indians, or I guess the proper name would be Native Americans, right? And I'm not, I'm not even just talking about America itself, but all, North, South, Central, all this area was colonized by English, French, Spanish, right? The Dutch. But there was already, there was already indigenous people living here, okay? So... And, and I'm not going to talk about Mexico and South America. We're going to talk about North America. We're going to talk about the USA. We're going to talk about what the white man did to these people. What did we do? Well, um, we, let me, let me back up here. <laughs> we essentially took our army, right, and ran 
So, you know, where, where was this out here? So, uh, la-di-da, la-di-da. The, uh, so, you know, the Rockefellers, or I'm sorry, the Rothschilds used murderous gangs, right, to terrorize Palestinians and steal their lands. The difference is we didn't use, we didn't cover it up by using random people, we used our military, our army, to run off Indians out of areas that we wanted. You know, if Native Americans occupied Florida or Oklahoma or wherever, Texas, you know, they were ran off. They were ran here. They, you know, and then as we developed a conscience, we said, okay, well, you can have this little bit of land here. You can have this little bit of land there. The Seminole tribe can be here and the Sioux tribe can be there and this, you know, so on and so forth. And as you... As you think about it, if you're not ignorant to history, was it fair? I don't know. I mean, it's a similar situation. Okay, and the and the difference is the people of Palestine didn't sign on for this. Their land was conquered by by no other country, if that makes any sense. So if uh, Germany, World War II, for example, was going into Poland, going into Hungary, going in here, going in there, and taking just taking land, right? So you had a German army occupying a foreign land, so you knew who your enemy was. This was a situation where you had elitists, essentially, come in and say, you the Palestinian Muslim, you're no longer allowed to have this land. We're giving it to the Jews. So when people ask the question, why do, why is it that Jewish and Muslims don't get along? It has a lot to do with this. We talk about, and we've been taught, I guess that, Oh, these wars have been going on for thousands of years. And that's not necessarily true. Okay. This is, this is, a relatively new situation that we caught, not we, I, I, you know, I didn't have nothing to do with it, but <laughs> America, UK, ultimately, like I was talked about the League of Nations, where the League of Nations eventually turned into the UN, okay? And the UN is actually the, the, the force behind settling this land for the Jewish people. When, like I said before, ironically enough, the majority of the population of Israel isn't even Jewish, that's the crazy thing about it. And and it has nothing to do so when you when you watch the news today or you know I don't whatever day you're listening to this on right now it's Sunday and you watch the news and you see what Hamas is doing to these people is it just hell no but it's what happened to their people by by not the Jewish people but these the powers that be i guess just i should call it so essentially hamas doesn't see it as it's it's payback i mean is what it basically is they don't really care that i don't think they, that hamas is big enough or powerful enough to go after the government it's kind of like 9-11 you know you've heard that this is is israel's um 9-11 right and I don't think that that's the case. It's more of a bunch of terrorist plotting, going after innocent civilians because that's what the 
elitists, the Illuminatists, the whoever you want to call them, did to Palestinians to take that land. So essentially, this is basically payback. And unfortunately, these poor people are having to deal with it. And and not for nothing, this I, I honestly don't see this ending really quick. Like I said, Sunday right now, if you turn on the TV, you could see that the Israeli Air Force is bombing the shit out of Gaza. And they're doing all this stuff. The thing is, is what's happening in Israel with this with these people? It's not like uh, it's just random rocket strikes. These people have infiltrated Israel, okay? And then essentially, someone hit a switch to trigger the cells across the country, and they're terrorizing these people, and they're just killing people, men, women, children. They don't care. If they're Israeli, it doesn't even matter if they're Jewish, per se. I mean, that's what we're going to be told, that they're in there just, you know, murdering Jews. And that's not necessarily true, just for the simple fact that, like I said, the majority of the population there isn't even Jewish. Okay? So, here's the issue with all this. You don't technically have a nation invading Israel. You have a what they're calling a terroristic situation. So it'd be like ISIS or uh, whatever, right? And Hamas is, they're being funded. And then the ironic thing is they're being funded by Iran. So now this is all coming back to Biden. They're saying, well, because Biden just gave him $6 billion, now they're able to do this. I don't know that that's, I'm not saying it's not true, but I, I just think that just happens to be coincidental this was going to happen regardless and it's it's been happening it's like it's like this just started right this has been going on for 75 years so the problem that we're going to have here in this country is obviously we've talked about this on the show time and time again that we're kind of depleting our situation by funding and arming the Ukrainian situation, which I saw, I saw this on Twitter or whatever you want to call it um, today, where someone said, "Isn't it interesting how, in the two days that this has been going on in, in Israel, we've seen more war footage, more live, actual war footage of what's going on there than we have in the two years of the Ukrainian situation?" And I'm like, "That's true." But when the U.S. steps in, to assist our longtime ally Israel, tens of thousands of fighting-age Palestinians who have crossed the U.S. border with, uh, you know, the open borders situation from Biden will execute a long-planned and coordinated attack inside America. This past year, I think it was 2.6, I want to say, 2.6, 2.8 million people got aways crossed into this country those are what we know about how many of those people like we we are led to believe that those people were from like honduras and central america and wherever south america but we also know for a fact they've caught chinese people they've caught other uh races other countrymen most of these people are military-aged guys 
the thing is, is, I mean, not to, to denigrate anybody by color, but they're all basically the same shade of brown. So you can come over as a Palestinian and probably pass as a Honduran or something like that. So how many of those people in the past three years have made it into this country and linked up with other terror cells that are throughout this country right now just waiting for the orders? And when I've told you guys time and time again, and this isn't an ad for my Patriot Supply or whoever else, because I don't, I don't have those sponsors. This is a self-funded show. But I've told you before, have you some extra food? Have you some extra this? Buy it, you know, make sure you have some weaponry and you have some bullets. And this is an idea for you to go out and I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not sponsored by, you know, Ruger or Smith & Wesson or Cold or anyone like that. <laughs> but... If this is true, if these people are here, who's to say? And the reason I say that, and I'm not even just talking about Palestinian people per se, but it could be disguised as anything. Now, what do I mean by that? As soon as the website uploads, I'll tell you what I mean by that. If I can read it. Come on, where you at? Jesus Christ in heaven. I swear, it's like, I just want to read you. I, I scrolled so far past it because of the stupid fucking banner. So this is an ad, or an ad. This is an article from 2015. Okay, eight years ago. Dream Defenders, Black Lives Matter, and Ferguson reps take historic trip to Palestine. So, you could simply ask yourself, why? Why did my music stop? Because I've talked longer than an hour, Don. No. <laughs> uh, so, why, why did these people go to Palestine? So, um, representatives of the forment, forefront of the movements for black lives and ra uh, racial justice have taken a historic trip to Palestine this week. To connect with activists living under Israel occupation, black journalists, artists, and organizers represent Fer representing Ferguson Black Lives Matters Black Youth Project, and uh, more have joined the Dream Defenders for a ten-day trip to the occupied Palestine territories in Israel. The trip comes after a year of highly publicized uh, repression in Ferguson the Gaza Strip, and the West Bank, including East Jerusalem, as well as solidarity between these places. Ahmad Abu, Abu Znad, Dream Defender's legal and policy director and co-organizer of the delegation, said that the goal of the trip was to make connections. He says the, goal, the goals were primarily to allow the group members to experience and see firsthand the occupation ethnic cleansing and brutality Israel has levied against Palestinians, but also to build real relations with those on the ground leading uh, the fight for liberation. In the spirit of Malcolm X, Angela Davis, uh, Stokely Carmichael, and many others, we thought the connections between the African-American leadership of the, of the movement 
in the U.S. and those on the ground in Palestine needed to be reestablished and fortified. So, what if these Palestinians that have probably, more than likely, crossed into this country over the past couple of years illegally, what if they're hooking up with Black Lives Matters and, and Antifa and these people and it would be interesting and not surprising if all of a sudden, within the next week or so, we see a situation somewhere in this country of a George Floyd-type situation, okay, that sparks a racial riot, like, like, like a George Floyd situation. Uh, whether it's a white cop killing a black motorist or whatever the case may be, I... I whether it's done on purpose uh, or just happens to be whatever, and then they, they use that opportunity to to strike, so to speak. Think back to all the George, uh, George Floyd stuff, the Ferguson stuff. Think of the hands up, don't shoot, the Michael Brown, all the different things that happened during this course of time and the, the riots in different cities. Who's to say that the, the next thing that happens... And I'm telling you, I would not be surprised if you you don't see this within the next week, within the next week or two, where something happens and unlike the other um, riots for the different situations, they were kind of limited to the area in which it happened, right? Like, we didn't see a lot of protesting and rioting in Florida, or you didn't see a lot of it in Texas, or different, you know what I'm saying? You saw it in, like, St. Louis, or in Minneapolis, or, you know what I'm saying? And obviously, the some of the regular hotbeds of craziness, but you didn't see it everywhere. But we still see, now, you see these youths shoplifting, like, the, the, the gangs shoplifting, not like one person stealing a, stealing a, some shit from the Walgreens. It's like 50 people stealing shit from Target. Right? What if this is all part of the plan? And should should we get involved in this? I don't know. It's not it's not a US problem. It's a essentially the whole issue over there is because you have Palestinians who most of which probably weren't even alive when this happened, but they were raised to hate. Okay. Now I, I obviously, and we obviously don't know everything that's going on in Palestine, but we know for a fact that prior to 1917, that whole area was Palestine. They were essentially eliminated to make room for the Jewish people. When, like I said, essentially it had nothing to do with the people per se. It was an idea just to have the land, to have the gateway to the oil fields. So, and we, you watch the news and you're, you're going to hear a lot about Hamas. So what is Hamas? So Hamas essentially is a Palestinian Islamic militant group which rules the Gaza Strip. Hamas is sworn to Israel's destruction 
and has fought several wars with Israel since it took power in Gaza in 2007. In between those wars, it has fired or allowed other groups to fire thousands of rockets at Israel and carried out other deadly attacks. Israel has also repeatedly attacked Hamas with airstrikes and together with Egypt has blockaded the Gaza Strip since 2007. And they say it's for their security. Hamas as a whole, or in some cases, its military wing is designated a terrorist group by Israel, uh, United States and European Union, and the UK, as well as other powers. So what is the Gaza Strip? So we we hear that name, what is it? So the Gaza Strip is a 25-mile long and, what's that, 5-mile wide territory between Israel, Egypt, and the Mediterranean Sea. It is home to about 2.3 million people and has one of the highest population densities in the world. So what is life like in the Gaza Strip? Now, you got to think, Gaza Strip's not a very big. I mean, 25 miles long, I mean, that's, I, I don't know what that equates to, what I can reference into, but 25 miles long, 5 miles wide, come on, right? You took all the people from that land and shoved them in that area. Israel controls the airspace over Gaza and its shoreline and restricts who and what goods are allowed in and out through its border crossings. Similarly, Egypt controls who passes in and out through its border with Gaza. What is Palestine and what have these events got to do with it? The West Bank and Gaza are known as the Palestinian territories as well as East Jerusalem. And Israel are form, formed part of land known as Palestine since Roman times. These were also lands of Jewish kingdoms in the Bible and are seen by Jews as their ancient homeland. Israel's borders explained in the map here. Israel was declared a state in 1948 through the land is still referred to as Palestine by those who do not recognize Israel's right to exist. Palestinians also use the name Palestine as an umbrella term for the West Bank, Gaza, and East Jerusalem. So here's the thing. Let me get a drink of water. Mm. <clears throat> Prior to all of this, you had some Jews living in the area. Most of the people that lived there were Palestinian. So if a lot of these areas were Jewish kingdoms from the Bible, like Bethlehem and Jerusalem and so on and so forth, they existed prior to the Balfour Declaration. So you have to understand there wasn't fighting prior. It wasn't like Palestinians and Jewish people that were in the area were fighting at the time. It wasn't until the UN and the Rothschilds essentially went in and made these people move out of their land to give it to Jewish people. So I, you can kind of wrap your head around why this situation is. So you, you ask the question, why are Israel and Hamas fighting? Well, there's a constant tension between Israel and Hamas, but the attack by the militants on Saturday came without warning. Hamas fired thousands of rockets at Israel while dozens of fighters breached a border and invaded Israeli communities, killing dozens of civilians and taking others captives. Israel launched immediate airstrikes saying it was targeting 
targeting militant sites in Gaza. So, is this a major uh, Israel intelligent failure? Well, I would probably say yes, right? Um, with the combined efforts of Sheen Bet, Israeli domestic intelligence, Mossad, its eternal spy agency, and all its assets from the Israeli Defense Forces, he says it is frank, frankly astounding that no one saw this coming or failed uh, failed to act on it if, if they did. I don't know. I honestly don't know the answer here, guys. Obviously, we we hear the terms. We need peace in the Middle East. We need this. We you know they tr- signed the Abraham Accords. We're trying to get everyone to get along. You know we're trying to give them the Rodney King. Can't we all just get along? You got to understand. This is an area of land that's been occupied by these by these groups of people for thousands of years. And 75 years ago, they were told, no, this is no longer your land. We're giving it to these people. Think of, think of that being us. Think of you, you're living in America. You live in Florida. Okay. And all of a sudden, China comes in. Or no, let's not even say China. Let's just say the U.N., comes in and says, Florida is no longer a state of America. We're giving it to Cuba, whatever. So you have to leave. How would we feel about that? How would you, as a citizen, because most of this these Hamas people aren't, it's not a government. It's not like it's, it's an army of a, of a, of a country. These are just regular people, essentially. Would you not fight back? Would you not be pissed? This is my land. Like I, like I use the reference about Indians, Native Americans, right? When the, the term Indians and savages and stuff was used because these people fought back and they scalped and they killed and they did the things that these Native Americans did to, to the white man, because this is our, it was our land. This is our land, right? So when you think back and you really look at history and you say, can you blame the Native Americans for doing the things they did? Because it was their land. But for whatever reason, we felt like it was our land. You understand the reference that I'm making here? Does it make sense? Essentially, what and I'm just gonna say it like this: the way the white man, I'm white, so I can see, you know, whatever. <laughs> the way the white man dismissed the Native American, would you not expect the Native American to fight back? Okay, most at the time, most Native Americans, they weren't that type of person, if that makes sense. You had tribes, obviously, and you had tribes that fought each other, but they weren't about war they were about surviving surviving by the means of farming cultivating hunting they weren't warring factions most tribes didn't even really fight each other because they they there was enough room for everybody it wasn't until the white man came in and said we want that land and that land and that land and that land and that land so yeah i mean 
it's it's very similar to this. You had the white man come in and say, we want this land, this land, and this land. You guys get that little fucking slice of land over there. And you're going to be happy about it. Oh, and by the way, we're going to garnish anything you have. And we're going to say what comes in and comes out of this country. We're going to control everything to the point where most people don't even have food in the Gaza Strip. So, <laughs> if you're a Palestinian person and you live in the Gaza Strip or you live in the West Bank and you're being dictated by another faction how to live your life what food you can eat or not eat you can get you get you get to stand in bread lines essentially would you be happy if that was you you know fat american and all of a sudden you were told you are no longer allowed to go to the grocery store because there's no food there you can stand in this line for maybe a bowl of soup and a piece of bread. You have no electricity unless we want you to have electricity. Would you not be upset? Would you not fight also? Now, is it fair that the citizens of Israel have to deal with this? No. But it's is it going to be fair that if these people crossed over with all the illegal crossings and they're setting up splinter cells in this country along with Antifa members and Black, Live La uh, Black, Black Lives Matter members and whoever else. And then they attack our towns, our cities. Is it going to be fair to me if they come here and start starting shit? No, it's not going to be fair to me, but I'm going to have to fight. But it's not going to be fair I didn't do anything to deserve this. The people of, of Israel, the people of Israel had nothing to do with this. They don't deserve this. Just wrong place at the wrong time. Is there an answer to this question? No, there's not. Because if you ask a Palestinian, what will make you happy? I guarantee you most of those people are going to say that the Jewish people all die. And we get our land back. Because they've been done wrong so, so badly by Israel that they feel like everyone should die. And I bet you if you were able to go back in time and talk to Native Americans and Native American leaders and whatnot back in the 1800s, they'd probably tell you the same thing. But it's kind of like a situation where I guess you could say you, you kind of get what you get. I mean... If I if you if you live in in Israel and surely there might be a don't tread on Israel show but you, you if you know a little bit of your actual history and not the history that you're told if you do a little research and you dig a little bit you might find that the real reasons a lot of these conflicts happen around the world or in your own town have nothing to do with the white man or the black man or the Hispanic man or the Asian man. It has everything to do with these people and how they want to control us and how they love to see conflict amongst each other. So, anywho, <laughs> 
like I said, guys, this isn't a show to bash Israeli people. It's a it's a show to bash Israel government. It's a show to bash Palestinian Hamas interjectors that are taking their animosity out on innocent civilians. These people that you're killing, they have nothing to do with this. But they're doing it to make a point. They're doing to to the Israeli people what was done to them, essentially. Is it right? No. But is it right what is being done to the Palestinians, too? No. All right, guys. That is all I have for you today. I'm sorry. I hope I didn't offend many people. Hopefully you can look at this with a with a broad scope and and um and really understand what I'm trying to say. And uh, I learn as I teach, because I, I'll be the first one to tell you, I didn't know anything about this until I started doing research on it. So I encourage you to do some of your own research if you want to look di- deep, take a deeper dive into the Balfour Declaration. And you'll see the parties involved. And it'll make sense that it's, it's almost like all of this is just a game. And it's it's not a game that I like to play. And I, I could sit here and say, get armed, be armed, be vigilant. It's not, I mean, <laughs> I hate to say it like this, but all you're really going to do is play to your death. So anyway, guys, you have a great Sunday. <laughs> Don't forget to visit the Tom store. Since we're all going to die, I might as well buy a t-shirt, right? And uh, follow us on social media. Don't tread on America on Facebook, Instagram, and and the uh, Ticker Talker. And on the Twitter X machine at DTOM underscore 1775. And uh, if you're not on social media, that's fine. Check us out at DontTreadOnAmerica.com. Other than that, guys, you have a great rest of your Sunday. And I will talk to you again on Tuesday. See ya.